Listener Production. Our dirty little secret of two tasty Pop-Tarts of joy that nobody talks about. Shh. If too many people listen, they may have to become grown-ups. It's Matt and Alex all-day breakfast. I remember moving into one of my first share houses after moving down to Sydney. You know, there's four of us in this three-bedroom house. I can just imagine a young Meadow Kine walking in the front door, holding his cardboard box, lava lamp sticking out the top, (laughs) (laughs) just ready for this share house adventure. Um, yeah, dressed up in my, you know, JJ's gear, you know, my FUBU, Fila <laughs> outfit, Nautica shirt, whatever. Anyways, so there was four of us living in the house. Of course, we told the real estate agent that there was only three of us that, that applied. And, um, and so anytime we had an inspection, we had to just like hide things like all the time. Yeah. Classic, just classic yeah. stuff, right? It was bad enough when you've got to hide a cat. During an inspection, <laughs> let alone hiding an entire person. Yeah. And look, I should clarify, you know, it's... it's uh, hey, landlords have rights too, okay? I'll say that. <laughs> right, are you boot licker? <laughs> <laughs> so, I was very, I was very, I found it very funny. Just interesting to see the story in Adelaide over the weekend. Did you see that one about the... So the weather was out of control there. What, um, what, what's the story? Oh, well, mate, I mean, also, Port Macquarie is blowing a gale. Everything on the clothesline ended up on the floor. Um, Landlord reprimanded after she converted a one-bedroom apartment. Mm. Total floor area of 88 square metres. 88 square metres for a one-bedder. It's not bad. Yeah, but but she converted it into a five-bedroom apartment. (laughs) That's not legal. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, she, she, she put in the application and the strata were like, no. And she's like, I'm doing it anyway. And so did it. And then they're like, you can't do this. And so they've taken a, like, taken away the uh, her plans and everything, cancelled the plans. The, the council didn't let her do it. The strata didn't let her do it. So what is she going to do? A bed in the kitchen or something? It, literally, there is a wall and a single bed and a chest of drawers in every single room. And they're about, oh, I don't think I could lie sideways in these rooms. <laughs> no. So, so. yeah. Anyways, that's where we're at, by the way. The rental crisis at the moment is outrageous. So please, before we dive into today's episode, we'll talk about this another day, but please get in touch with your most outrageous rental situation stories at the moment because I really want to hear about them. But we have a whole show already planned, so we'll do that another day. Alex Dyson, what's happening? That's right. Well, you're facing your greatest fear, and uh, we've also got a bit of Ask Alex helping you with the dangerous dance of love. So let's jump into it, shall we? All right, it's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. All right, brace yourself to enter the cool zone because it's time for... Little thing called... What's hitting with... Sarah. Yeah, that's right. And look, in the words of Fountains of Wayne... I would say Sarah's mum has got it going on. And by got it going on, I mean is angry with me. <laughs> Not okay, Matt. Not okay. So, Sarah, what, what? talk us through what happened from your perspective when um, Mama Sarah listened to the podcast about getting pregnant early. <laughs> okay. So, we, Mama just picked me up from the train station. She had the Matt and Alex podcast on. And basically, you said your legendary line that I should get pregnant by 17. (laughs) Sarah, I didn't say that you should get pregnant. No, no, I'm just saying, like, it's a good age. Like, you know, 
I looked at mum and I was like, oh, I guess she's pregnant next year then. Oh. And mum just turned to me and she was like, don't say that. And she was like, I'm going to slap Matt. And I was like, you do whatever. Like, you slap him, mum. <laughs> That's incredible. It's always the way as well. It's always when you're in the same room that the sex scenes in movies come on or that the wayward <laughs> podcast hosts mention 17's the best age to have a baby at. Yeah. Pretty much, and so that, that's just the plan now. I guess I'm having a baby next year. Well, look, Sarah, I mean, uh, you know, b- baby business aside, we know that, that it's all just silly talk. This is a comedy podcast after all, <laughs> so we are doing just jokes here. Um, but how have you been? Uh, have you been well? I mean, is there anything leading up to the Christmas period where you're, you know, that, that stands out to you as being hot or not, Sarah? Well, I don't know. My birthday is on the 21st, so we should get pretty pumped for that. Oh, okay. And do you get? Do you still get the Chrissy presents, or were your parents always like the? Hey, you can have a little bit, you know, just a, a double, a combined prezi. Oh, look! It all depends on the year. Like sometimes I'll get a double, and it's magical. And then other <laughs> times I'll get like just all in one. But it's always a decent present, so it's not bad. I'm I'm quite grateful. Oh, good on ya. Mm, well, that's ya. very good. Well, you give us a presence every time you come on, by the way of knowledge as to what's popping in the zeitgeist. Uh, we got questions coming in. Uh, f- you can hit us up anytime, matt.n.alex. Callum has a question for you saying, I keep hearing about emotional support water bottles. What does that mean? Okay, so an emotional support water bottle is basically, it's just like when someone, they like they have bought a water bottle and they just take it everywhere. Like they take it to school, they take it to work, they take it um, on runs to the gym, like just to any, any function, like absolutely anywhere in the car, they always have that water bottle. And so it becomes an emotional support water bottle because you rely on it. <laughs> and so, I mean, to some people, because I saw a guy rocking like, it would have been a 1.5 litre water bottle. Like it was almost like a keg. And I was just like, <laughs> what? I'm like, this can't be convenient for you. Like, it must be a hassle. But do people, I don't know, are people clinging on to these at school? Um, yeah, pretty much. I have an emotional support bottle. It's beautiful. My brother, Max, when he went to Dallas for climbing, he brought it back to me. It's amazing. And so has there been any dramas or, or revolving around people's emotional support water bottles? I mean, do they get stolen at school or that sort of thing? I mean, sometimes, like, you've got to be careful whose water bottle you ask for, man. Like, sometimes I want to ask the girl, oh, can I have some water from your bottle? And she was like, no, this is my water bottle. Ooh. And I was like, oh, my bad, man. I was like, sorry, <laughs> no, no stress. But, like, oh, my God, it was terrifying. What's the, um, what's the, I remember in school, one of the biggest fears of all school students in this situation was backwash. You did not oh. want backwash. And people watched you, you like a hawk to make sure there was zero backwash happening when drinks were shared. Is that still <laughs> as, you know, difficult a, a scenario to manage in high school? Look, I hope not. I'm kind of praying whoever I give my water bottle to isn't going to send everything back down after they take a drink. <laughs> yeah, the floaties. But, like, if I saw someone, someone asked me for a drink of my water bottle and they looked like a backwasher, like sometimes you can just look at someone and you'd be like, you're a backwasher. Like you're for sure going to put something in my drink. And, and what's the, what's the younger, what's, I mean, do the younger people find plastic water bottles just abhorrent? Oh, mm. uh, look, not really. I love me a pump water bottle. They just do the job. <laughs> like... Dude, you I'm and Sophia, thirsty? my daughter, my daughter's three and a half, and she's like, I want one of those ones with the with the funny mouth thing. Mm. Oh, so, they're just, they're okay, perfect. okay. Mm. 
All right. They do good. the job. Interesting. All right. Well, well there you go. There Callum. You go. There's the uh, there's the info. It's so great because Sarah, we don't we don't prep you on these questions, and you you just nail it every time. Uh, the next one uh, <laughs> came through the website mattandalex.com.au. If you want to leave us a little question or message there, what does eight and left no crumbs mean? At first, I thought it was a body shaming phrase, but I've heard it used like a compliment. Help me, says Tom. Okay, you- so basically, that means like, do you guys know what it means when you like you served or you slayed? Yes. Yeah. I'm serving this it look. It's like I'm, I'm like, yeah. Like you've basically, you've done the job, you've finished it and you've like just done it real clean. Like you've left no crumbs. You've done a great job. <laughs> so you just like, ate something. You've absolutely nailed it. You smashed it. Yeah, you yeah, ate yeah, it yeah, exactly. and you left no crumbs. Okay. <laughs> what I will say, Sarah, is that you have... Eaten and left no crumbs on today's What's Hitting with Sarah. So thank you so much for joining us. We'll let you uh, get back to your day, and we look forward to finding out where you're going to be next time we chat because I believe it'll it'll be possibly a schoolies scenario. Oh, well, no, not schoolies for you, but it'll be around about that time, won't it? Yeah, we'll be. All right, All we'll right. cannot wait. Sarah, thanks again for chatting to us. We'll catch you later. Bye. <laughs> Well, Alex Dyson, if you were to ask me, when was the moment that I realized that you were an evil mastermind, I would be able to pinpoint it. Wait, Alex Dyson's an evil mastermind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By mastermind, I mean genuinely a um, somewhat of a content genius, you know, <laughs> unscrupulous to ensure that that the content is primo, you know? And and when I was a green little noob Mm. coming through the radio ranks, you know, I didn't understand what this world was all about. And there were moments where you would take me by the horns and (laughs) ride me, ride me through (laughs) the radio landscape. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I bring up the topic that I do now, because the evil part of it. Alex Dyson, this is when I realized that you, there were no limits <laughs> to your content thirst was when I innocently mm. ever so gently expressed a slight fear of jellyfish on the radio. Yes. Okay. Yes, I recall that very, very well. <laughs> Now, not being from a radio background, I thought that it would be simply, (laughs) I would just admit that I'm scared of jellyfish and that would be the end of the segment. But no. And we would wobble on (laughs) through the brine. But no, no, no. You held on to that little pony and you spanked its body until... Well, anyone who's been been in radio for a little while, if that happens, there is but a hop, skip and a jump between that innocent mention and Matt O'Kine on his back in the studio, lying on a tarp, copping a marinara to the face. (laughs) To try and... What fear ladder me to to an acceptance of jellyfish? Well, everyone knows about immersion therapy, mate. <laughs> and we didn't have any jellyfish on hand. The closest we had was the deli at the local supermarket. <laughs> was fish jelly? That's said, what you did instead of jellyfish. You gave me fish jelly. <laughs> you slopped it onto my face. Well, 
it's it's the logical progression that you see across. It's the same reason why when Chris Rock was in the studio and it came up that you did stand-up comedy and then you started telling him you were really good at stand-up comedy that I I was in handcuffs getting the footage of you doing stand-up to play for him whilst you were in the room so you would go on to get roasted by one of so, your heroes. look, the reason why I would believe... That you are somewhat of a evil mastermind, evil genius. Mm. I'll go so far as to say. Is that I think it might have worked. <laughs> Why? What happened? I was at Port Macquarie on the weekend. Mm. Down at local beach. Mm-hmm. Beautiful spot. You know, nippers darting around through the waves. Sun blaring down. It was a hot weekend. Oof. Felt like the first weekend of summer. You know, beautiful green hills in the background, palm trees. I mean, you know, your pine trees. It was all, all of it was there. Picturesque setting. Go to step into the water. Oh, a little bit of jelly on the, on the ground there. Oh. Uh, look a couple of meters down the beach. Oh, there's another one. Another down the beach. Oh, there's another one. There's bloody jellyfish everywhere. And so you went back into the dunes with only your bucket hat spinning in midair. <laughs> No. Where your body used to be before <laughs> dropping to the ground. Now, these weren't blue bottles. And the blue bottles are the ones that I'm genuinely scared of more so nowadays. But I used to be any type of jellyfish, anything mm. at all. I'd mm. be out. I wouldn't even step foot in. But then I thought, you know what? It's time for me to face this fear. And in I went. Wow. Okay. So fear in hand. We were playing yep. around. She f- saw, she's like, I saw a jellyfish. And I was like, yeah, wow. <laughs> Normally, I'd be, ah! But I was like, doesn't matter. Wow. So you're saying it, it had real world effects. I think that you have cured me. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, they weren't like scary jellyfish, okay? They were right. just the little little round ones that, you know. It wasn't a Portuguese like man o' war. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> no, they were harmless. They were okay. harmless. But it was still a big step for me in well, conquering good. and facing my fears. So the first thing I did, as soon as I got out of the water, dusted off, showered down. Brushed off the sand, walked back home, got on the Instagram. Yep. Asked you, when have you faced your greatest fears? Mm. Amber got in touch with us, friend of the show, said shark diving at Sydney Aquarium, where I also work. Fear of sharks and working at the aquarium. That's nicely done, Amber. Yeah, nice work. Uh, um, Naomi got in touch with us, said I hate roller coasters, but I tried to be brave and took my four-year-old on the SpongeBob ride. I cried. (laughs) (laughs) We've also got Jamie on the phone now. G'day, Jamie. Hi, how you going? Good, thanks, Jamie. Now talk to us about facing your fears. Okay, so my son was about two months old, just feeding him on the couch. Um, Look down and see um, a huge spider crawling up my chest towards me while I was breastfeeding. Oh, <laughs> no. And I'm assuming you would have thought, like, because you would have felt something crawling, but they get all handsy, don't they? So they just, like, you would have just thought it was just fingers, little little fingers, not little yeah. spider arms. just thought it was my, my baby just gently caressing me. No, no, spider legs, tickling um, up, friend of boobs. Are we, are we talking huntsman here? How big is the spider? Is it a bit of a smaller one? And we're not going to lie, it wasn't a huntsman, but it was, it had one of those ones that has giant, like long daddy, long leg style legs, but a giant body, like a giant girthy body <laughs> crawling up. So the legs were spread. Um, I don't like the sound of this at all. 
And no. and did you like squeal and just like do the brush or did you blow? <laughs> like get off. Or did Survival you mode. had to jumped up, swiped it off, stripped off, threw the baby somewhere <laughs> the <bouncer. laughs> and um had to shake out the old dressing gown um to make sure I'd found it. <laughs> Oh, there no. were no eggs hiding somewhere or anything like oh, that. No. My, oh my! Well, I tell you what, I'm sure the I'm sure your son didn't leave a great Google review for you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there were spiders in my on, in my meal. <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for letting us know about that, Jamie. Have a really great day. Thanks, Mia. Alex, can I ask you a question? It's called Ask Alex. Yes, Matt, it's that time of the show where I dust off my girlfriend magazine guidance counsellor degree um, or diploma or Cert 3 in um, love advice and I give you, the All Day Breakfast listener, my wisdom uh, learned over many, many years of failure. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so brace yourself and get in touch if you've got a uh, love relationship Sex question. Try to keep it to second base. I uh, don't have much experience <laughs> after that. But um, <laughs> he's not going to reveal the special moves on the uh, pod. <laughs> the super Hadoukens. Anyways, <laughs> today we have a question from Oliver. Oliver says, "Hey Alex, I've recently gotten out of a long-term relationship. I was with my ex for nine years, and she was my first and only girlfriend." I'm finding it hard to settle into single life for the first time as an adult. It's only been a couple of months, so it still feels really fresh. I want to start dating, but the apps scare me. Meeting someone new scares me. The thought of even asking someone out scares me. But I know I need to start the process of moving on. Any tips from Rat Dog? Well, have you got anything, Alex Tyson? Well, that's the funny thing, because there's... As you say, it's still really fresh. I can't imagine what a nine years feels like. I mean, it hits pretty close to home if you've been listening to, I mean, if you've just started All Day Breakfast, you may not have heard the episode, but um, a little while ago, I came out of a long-term relationship and it stings. And I hate to, I hate to tell you, like, if uh, grief was, you know, some sour cream sitting in the fridge, right, mm. and you are, you know, hoping that it ends soon, that used by date is a long way in the future. I'm <laughs> sorry. Ooh. I'm sorry there, Oliver, but there's, there's no there's no getting around it. That's my advice. There's no getting around that stuff, willing yourself to move on, wanting yourself to move on, hoping that it's going to, you know, be better when you wake up. It's not going to be until it happens. That's what I've been finding. It's, okay. Yeah. The, I mean, the, there's, there's, those, those things still, the what ifs, they oh. just float around in your head like plankton. They get, they get caught in your mind, Baleen. Just the, oh, I thought it was going to be the one. All the, you know, all the mm. thoughts you had of your future, the baby names that you were going to give your kids. It is just a really, really rubbish time, Oliver. So um, the best advice I could give you is other people have gone through it and will get through it. For me, I've things don't happen for a reason. I really hate that sort of fate kind of things, but mm. they happen because of reasons, you know, things build up, all of those that you can't, you know, undo, but they are beautiful to learn from. And they also like, it means that you, 
there's no need to regret the decisions. Yeah, look, as far as answering Oliver's question, I'd say just jump off. Just do it. Um, you know, if you feel like meeting other people, sure, use the apps. Put yourself in situations where you meet new people mm-hmm. and uh, and just and, and be willing to fail. It's not yeah. going to work. It's yeah. like you're at the casino. The next card could be the ace. You literally never know. Or you could never get the ace and you could end up walking home. <laughs> All right? I know this is supposed to be a story of positivity, <laughs> but you could let the house could really win here. Yeah, meeting, meeting those people, you could go and you go, you realize it's like, that's a nice person. I'm not personally ready. But you don't know that until you go on the date and you give it a go and you go, that was nice, but I'm not personally ready. Or it could, you know, be a new exciting opportunity where a few of the things that, you know, brought about the end of your relationship could be fixed up. You never, never know. But yeah, give it a go and feel free to go and see someone about it. I'm on the weekend, literally talking to a counsellor. I was in there because still, you know, sifting through the rubble of these kind of things. You got to figure out where you are, what you're doing, who you are going forward. What are the reasons that it it tipped over? Talking to people is wonderful, whether it is your friends or whether it is a professional listener. Well, and also, you know, talking about friends, I would suggest don't go out to find the one. Mm. Meet just try and meet friends, meet, make some friends. You, you know, you've got a whole opportunity to go out and meet some people to actually make friends. And the friends of the friends might be the one or the friends of the friends of the friends or the work colleague or the friend of the friend that you end up at a party at one night, whatever it all, you never know where the one will be, but don't go out to try and find that one. Yeah. Just go out and try and make yourself happy for now, because that's going to be the tough thing. Yeah. Look, best of luck, mon frere. Um, I hope, hope it goes well. And look, if you didn't hear the story in yesterday's Clickfish, there's always rag dolls. <laughs> <laughs> you can always marry a rag doll. And have some doll children. <laughs> that's it. And get lots of TikTok followers, mate. So that's, that's the real winner. That's the real long lasting relationship with your TikTok followers. <laughs> Hey, that's the end of another episode of Matt and Alex. We will see you again tomorrow. And don't forget, you can keep in touch with us at matt.n.alex on Insta. All right, bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.n.alex.